Hey, hey, Cloud. Hey, Jesse. What you up to? Just giving my bike a wash. Ha, what do you know? I have a motorcycle, too. That's nice. Yeah, because I really like riding, if you know what I mean. Yeah, riding motorcycles is fun. Maybe we can get together and go for a ride sometime. I'll just make sure you bring protection. You wouldn't want to splatter your head on the pavement. <laughs> I'll bring protection, all right. That's good. Uh, could you help me with this side? Yeah, I'll give that shaft a good cleaning. Oh, good grief. Will she just stop? What's going on, Wedge? Jesse's been flirting with Cloud for the past 15 minutes, Biggs. She won't leave him alone. Well, she is nothing if not persistent. I don't know what's worse. Her terrible innuendos or the fact he doesn't have a clue what she's doing. Yeah, he is pretty dense. (laughs) I don't get it. Between Tifa, Jesse, and that flower girl, he's got three beautiful women on his tail. I mean, what does Cloud got that we haven't got? It's Mako. Mako. Mako? You mean the stuff that the reactors make? Well, well, that, but it's also the new scent from the Shinra's beauty division. Mako, huh? I need to try some of that. Every girl likes a Mako man. Maybe he's born with it. Or maybe it's Mako. 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 <laughs> hey, baby, here's the game to call in. Backlogs growing at a long Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused, RP gamers. Kev will set you straight. <laughs> but Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we're your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me is uh, my podcast partner in crime, the cloud to my Tifa. Mr. Matt Mason. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. Also, I'll take that uh, Final Fantasy VII remake cover that we were checking out on Amazon earlier. Or was it eBay? Oh, the, the yeah. one with the butts. With the one with the butts, yep. I, I think you've got several covers to pick from there. you got that uh, Sword and Shield one. There is a Xenoblade Chronicles X one that was a little saucy. Yeah, saucy alternate covers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What will people think of next? Uh, well... Definitely not wanting that saucy, saucy alternate cover is Josh Carpenter. Nope, nope, definitely not. Um, I, I don't know his status on the saucy co- cover, uh, Michael Apps, a.k.a. Wheels. Uh, reformed Final Fantasy VII curmudgeon here. Right. And then John Jensen. What did you think about the saucy covers? You didn't say. Oh, well, you said a Xenoblade one and maybe Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, is there a saucy cover on that one? Oh, um, oh yeah. I imagine there's a lot of material, I think, to work with on that one. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. But yeah, yeah. Uh, no no saucy covers here. That should be the title of the show, though. The one with the butts. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. But that just feels like, feels like an appropriate title I, now for the show. That's the saucy I, title. So, still kind of fits for the game. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if our editor-in-chief will prove that. Probably not. Can you please send me the email, though, where you run it by him just to get his answer? Because I would love to see it. What, you don't you don't want a Dated Simpson reference as your title? <laughs> no, no. We could do that. Ooh, uh, which one? I love Dated Simpsons references. Uh, oh, oh, old Merc yells at Cloud. Yes. There. Yes, it's- please. 
It is, therefore it shall be. Um, if, you, if you can't tell, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake, the show. Um, something that I've been chomping at the bit to talk about for three years now. Three? Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah it came out during the uh, pandemic, right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, where do we get to the roundtable? Because I got stories. <laughs> that that game was a light of hope in a shitty year. <laughs> I want to know if you played that or Animal Crossings first. Um. Well, that since Switch is, or since <laughs> I can do it portably, both actually. Both. <laughs> I love how everybody has their like definitely like pandemic game. Which what what game did you play during quarantine? Mine was Tales of Vesperia. That was the game <laughs> I played. That was, and I just strictly remember it as like cool. I was in quarantine for a couple months and i had a lot of time to beat this really long jrpg good good the game See, that I... sticks out for me is sakura wars playing that during lockdown nice. yeah. oh yeah nice Tokyo See, I already, Mirage session and I, I already worked from home so it was just normal for me the, the issue was that i couldn't get out of the house to to go uh go not stir crazy because like our my husband and i's things that we would really like to go to the movies or like the mall on the weekends just because we both work from home and we couldn't do that and i thought we were going to kill each other by the end of the pandemic <laughs> oh but and yes but, but, never heard from again he, nah he's still here i, I still love him yeah. <laughs> but, but yes I final... so i you know there's a i, I can independently verify this he survived it <laughs> yes <laughs> but yes final fantasy 7 remake um the remake of Probably one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, th- there's a reason why my online handle everywhere is Red Rock, because I was obsessed with Red 13 when that game came out and I got my first internet account. So been that way ever since. And when they announced the remake, I was like, oh my god, it's happening. Finally. <laughs> and then five years later, you got to play it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could, could Square Enix do me a favor and stop announcing games too early? Drives me nuts. <laughs> I know you've been waiting maybe, four years for Infinity Did they maybe trash. learn their lesson with Final Fantasy 16? Because that seems like it's on the, the right track. Of like We learned about yeah, the game at the right time. And then like, oh, that's true. I, I think they even yeah. said the game's finished. So like maybe they are learning their lesson. But I guarantee you it's going to change again when Rebirth comes out. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to delay that for like another two years. Sorry. No, um, no, and no. then uh, we're never going to hear from it for till we're like you know ten years down the road. No, Rebirth it's going to take gonna you forever. Right on track, and then whatever the third part is, it's going to be right on track. Right? Yeah. Wishful thinking. No delays. No delays. <laughs> no delays. We hope. Well, we're not going to delay getting this cast going. We're already wanting to talk about stuff, so we're going to have a quick musical interlude with some lovely Final Fantasy music, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we're getting into Final Fantasy VII Remake, originally released April 10th, 2020. Oh, God, that year. (laughs) (laughs) One of the few good things that happened that year. 
Um, and then they did the integrated version on June 10th, 2021, and then released it for Windows on December 16th, 2021. Though they, the Wikipedia didn't specify if that was the Steam version or the Epic version. I think that was the Epic version. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, pe- people were pissed that it came to Epic first. I don't, I don't, you know what? I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> Leo's, I don't yeah, get all it the either. porting stuff. Yeah, all the porting yeah. stuff. Well, like, all I know yeah, clearly. It's a PC. Just install the other program yeah. and play the game. <laughs> what, Clearly, what are you doing? <laughs> Epic threw a bunch of money in Square's face and was like, six-month exclusivity, yeah. and they're like, okay. And it was before we all had Steam decks, and that that's a reason to complain. <laughs> but so if, it wasn't really the case then. So I don't know. So I've heard if you do some finagling, you can get Epic stuff to work on the Steam you Deck. You can. It's, it's just not quite, as. Yeah. yeah, it's quite easy. Yeah. <laughs> Is it that everything with the Steam Deck? You can get it to work on there, but it may take, you know, like yeah. many hours and many, many trolls down the dark side of the web to figure out how to do it. That one yeah. was actually very easy. There's a program you can install right from like the the Linux store in uh, desktop mode. Mm-hmm. It lets you install stuff from Epic Store. You just have to log on with your accounts. It's very easy. That one's I, very I th- easy. I think GOG is one of the only ones that people have difficulty with, but um, that was at the beginning. Don't quote me on that. You can install stuff from GOG from the same program, I believe. Okay, good good to know. What I do remember is when they and it did announce this for Steam, they made a point to say Steam Deck compatible. Yeah. <laughs> um, though my husband said that it kind of jitters a little bit on uh, Steam Deck. Like, it doesn't run perfect, that there are some spots that it, it's not as good as it could be, but, it's I mean, it's running, on a, it's running on a portable system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I remember very distinctly when they announced this during Sony's conference at E3 2015, because I was on a road trip with my husband and was just kind of browsing Twitter while we was having lunch at Jersey Mike's, and saw people flipping out and i was like oh my god wait it's actually happening and i i watched the trailer and uh, and shitting you not t- tears formed because i couldn't believe it was actually happening um, i'm assuming disc- people i'm assuming you're talking about people flipping out online and not people just flipping out at jersey mics over this no 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 um yeah, damn it jersey mics <laughs> <laughs> um no, but people have freaking out on Twitter. But then they were also upset because they decided to split this into a three-part game with this game focusing almost exclusively on the Midgar experience, which I felt kind of iffy about that too. But when they came out later and said that it was going to be a full 40-hour experience, um, I, I, I shouldn't have, but I put my trust in them. Yeah, this, this is... Uh, <laughs> Post Final Fantasy 13 Square when they they I don't think had 15 come out already. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I I wasn't that upset with what they did with 15, but a lot of people were because they thought it was an incomplete game, and I thought, well, they they're going down this road again. Um, but you know, then the game came out and I played through it, and I was like, no, I feel satisfied. Well, uh, I I come to this as someone who didn't really play much of the the original PlayStation game, but I think like part of the concern was just like Midgar wasn't really like a third of the overall story and experience. So I think that's where people were coming from was like, how how does how is the first third of this experience just Midgar? You know? Yeah. No. And and I get the concern. Um, 
Cause, uh, boy, when I was younger and actually had time on my hands, Midgar felt a lot longer than it actually was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I as, as soon as they announced that, it kind of made sense to me, because that location is so like iconic for that game mm-hmm. that you can't... It felt like you can't remake that without doing more with with that yeah and i i think they did a good job of expanding the midgar section because you know you actually got to explore the sector seven slums yeah yeah it's an awesome setting i will say it's an amazing setting Mm -hmm. i think they tried to but so uh, that is such a short part of the game i feel like they tried too hard to maybe like stretch this out a little bit too much but overall it it works because the setting is just i think midgar itself is very interesting and i'm coming i'm one as well that I haven't played Final Fantasy VII yet because that's the one like everybody talks about how great it is. And I started mm-hmm. from eight on, and I'm like, I don't want to do seven yet. Like, I got to make sure I have the time <laughs> to do it. And I just mm-hmm. didn't get to it. But Final Fantasy VII Remake, I played, and you know, I, that that setting definitely was striking to me. Like, this is a this is an amazing setting. Um, sort of the the already the dynamic struggles that are happening between like you know Midgar and uh, the high powers at Midgar and and the people in the slums. Like, it is it's very good. And, and, and bear in mind, in 1997, I was a sophomore in high school when it came out initially so and even though i've played the game a couple of times since then it it, yeah it really felt like midgar was a lot longer than it actually was and getting to see that what was just like a couple of screens actually blown out into a full-blown little town that you could explore at the beginning of the game i mean it just felt awesome. I, I I think I spent a couple of hours in that first area just looking at every nook and cranny and yeah. hearing all hearing all the different conversations going on between people. And I I think they did an excellent job of putting life into a place that you could only imagine about before. And I, you know I'm sure it helps that they had a little bit of stuff from Advent Children that they might have gotten inspiration from. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember Advent Children. <laughs> nope. Don't remember a thing. It's very pretty to watch, but I don't remember anything that happens in the story. Yeah, I, that, that movie for me is just turn off my brain, look at the pretty I think the only thing I remember about that movie or that I just saw recently was uh, Roger Ebert, the one like uh, like very highly praised critic, like actually mm. kind of liked Advent Children. So like, oh, cool. that's, that's great. Cool. So that's some that's some good praise for a Final Fantasy game for a guy that I think was very adamant about not liking video games. So yeah, he fam- he famously said video games aren't aren't art, and then at some point walked that back. Probably I hope so. The, the massive backlash that he and got. somebody that loves movies and video games, I would like to think both are very high forms of art. And uh, you know what? I'll say that about because I maybe when um, he was talking about video games then, but I, I think this evolution of Final Fantasy and what what made Midgar such a great place is what you're even saying, Kelly, is like the expanded world. We have now these great consoles and a lot of power. And man, they made this world look huge and beautiful. It was this game was visually stunning. It was amazing mm-hmm. what they did with Midgar. Oh, it when it. So I've had to buy two TVs in the past year because one of them just completely crapped out on me. And during both of them, when I was t- testing like how good things would look, that was this. This was the game that I would pull up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. But I imagine for and again, I didn't play the first one, but I imagine for anyone who played the first one, like this had to be such a not just a treat, but like I mean, really open your eyes of what you imagined was Midgar as a kid or like back in, you know, that time yeah. you, you kind of fill in the blanks. 
I would mm-hmm. say we did that a lot with games. Even I still do it with like games that we play, um, games that I play that are classics and 16-bit games. But now like they fill it out for you and like it's this fully realized world and that had to be mind-blowing for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah it, w- it was definitely mind-blowing for me. Because, uh, you know, in 1997, the PlayStation, that game was cutting-edge graphics even back then. And now you look yeah. at it, you look at the Popeye arms and the kind of weird models, and you think, oh, God, that looked ugly. <laughs> oh, that was, you know, the pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff, you couldn't do that on a uh, Super Nintendo. So that was amazing to us. And I, I played the original game with a friend, and I because she had a PlayStation, I would go to her house. And we'd just sit there and do the spells and just look at all the different spell effects. And all of the different sum- summons and the cutscenes for-, for when the summons played and stuff. And to, to like that, that, a drop of marijuana in the joint, we were fascinated at how <laughs> amazing that looked. So, <laughs> you're bringing back all my memories, Kelly, of like playing PlayStation games and just being enamored with the cutscenes. Oh my God, mm-hmm. there's cutscenes. Oh my God, look at that summon. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, I used to watch my brother play the original a lot, and just like when he got knights, knights from the knights of the round, uh, we just used to watch that summon a bunch. And now when I watch that, fun. now when I watch that summon, it's like I can't tell what any of these things are or what they look like or yeah. what they're supposed to be. This so. is too long. <laughs> So, you know, just have, having this game kind of take that bar and recontextualize it into 2020 uh, graphics mindset where they, they, yeah, they're pushing graphics and each area in the game has all of these details, um, like going into the slums and seeing all the the trash and stuff and kind of the nooks and crannies. And, then... and, and, and part of that is just like the, it wasn't just that it's visually amazing. It's just like that they actually used it to affect, yeah. to like contrast the slums from the, you know, when you're up on the plate, like there, there's yeah. this huge difference. You get an immediate sense on the, you know, the huge equal inequalities that are, you know, involved in Midgar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because th- I think in this game it was one of the first times they had ever showed the upper plate aside from the Shinra building um, when Jesse and them go to the pizza party. Yeah, that sequence was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I like that sequence because of the cats. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many good looking. Oh, oh yes. I, I took plenty of video of all the kitties, and I appreciate that. Uh, is it Biggs or Wedge? I can never tell who's who. Wedge. I appreciate that Wedge is apparently a fan, a fan of rap. <laughs> you know, three cats are named B- Biggie, Reggie, Bigum, and Smalls. <laughs> but, um, I, so, so obviously they had to kind of stretch out this game a little bit, and because I I played the original, I each section i could tell each when each story beat was coming up and i didn't feel like they were padded but i I can also understand why people would think they were padded now john you said that you felt like they had stretched out the game a lot yes and there was a a couple chapters uh, at least one of them that felt like it and you were running around i'm completely forgetting the uh the setup of the scene but you're running around trying to catch this like scientist guy uh that worked at this uh almost abandoned factory and like you keep chasing him and um it that that part felt extremely padded where i'm like okay i'm doing the same thing over and over and over again um Mm -hmm. just you know it gets a, a you know, more enemies or like tougher enemies each and every time. Uh, but th- there were a few 
few and a few like a little of the mini games and stuff that just felt completely unnecessary uh, and like would kind of grind the story to a halt a little bit. But it's not it's one of my gripes. It's one thing that I just I could not stand because I I wanted to just get the story going at times. And it felt like I was taking, you know, these really long sessions of just not progressing the story because I'm doing this one thing that's padded out. Uh, but I, the thing is, once you got past some of the padded moments, you were getting to obviously some really good narrative work and great storytelling. So mm -hmm. it was at the end of the day, it was worth it. But that was certainly one thing for me was I thought some of these chapters were way too padded out and and didn't need to because it felt like they were trying to justify okay we're making this small part of final fantasy 7 this one big video game and we want to make sure that you feel like you're getting a big one like it, it felt like they were trying to make sure they hit like a certain mark of hours to be like okay now it justifies you know what we're going to ask for what they're paying for this game and oh. you know trying to ask like the small part of what the first story was and now making it a bigger part and justifying it and so i feel like they went too hard in trying to justify that and they yeah. definitely did end up padding some of the chapters overall though they did a great job with it but that that certainly was one thing that stood out to me yeah i'd say there were a few parts where it's like okay i'm ready to move on to the next section but i mean at the end of the day it was it's a minor complaint i think yeah yeah it, it, certainly it, yeah it certainly is. it it's a it's a fair criticism but at the same time it's like one of those criticisms that you end up having of about darn near 90 percent of rpgs how often yeah. is it yeah. that you play an rpg where you're like man that was perfect like there wasn't any 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 bloat whatsoever that could have been cut yeah, honestly, I, mean, I think even some of like the things that were brought over from the original game that uh took up too much time bothered me more than some of like the newer moments focusing uh giving more life to a lot of the characters and locations things that and, weren't in the original game and and that's what I liked about some of the more extended segments. Like, you know, at the beginning when you're going through the sewers with ba Barrett and Tifa and you're, fi you're following the uh, dog murals and get getting a little bit more ba backstory that, okay, Stamp the Dog is this mascot for Shinra to kind of, I don't know, hu humanize them a little bit more, which G as a... As a play, as a country that's surrounded with capitalism, we don't know what that's like, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, uh, him going into that stuff, you kind of get a sense of his character and a sense of Tifa's character, and then they kind of did the same thing when you meet Aerith for the first time, and you're going through some ruins and rubble, and uh, get, getting to know her while you're going through the dungeon and get some funny little moments with her, like when she s says shit when she falls off something. Um, just because, you know, in, in my head canon from the original game, I thought Eris, Eris was a little bit more ladylike. And the fact that they actually kind of humanized her a little bit by giving her a potty mouth kind of endeared me to her a lot more, <laughs> you know? Um, but then, yeah, you're right, towards the end of the game, where th that long lab section of the that's uh, the one that stood out to me the most mm -hmm. that's the one i was like i'm real i'm done with this like i'm done chasing this thing around um i was i was completely done with that section that's the that's the one part out of all of them that definitely stands out the most of i just i couldn't stand that part of it. and then of course once you get past that like everything's great yeah, um, yeah it, that one stood out it didn't help that that part of that dungeon looked very repetitive so i kept getting even with the map i kept getting turned around and yeah lost i did too <laughs> yeah i definitely did so, so he, so yeah. See, you was you was worried about be, being the curmudgeon, but you have a solid point. They there was some stuff that they could have trimmed a little bit, and 
tr- truth be told, this could have been a 20-hour RPG, and I think I still would have enjoyed every second of it because yeah. of the storytelling and gameplay. Uh, I, I, mean, I know uh, we say that about a lot. I feel like this one really would have been justified if it was like 20, 20 to 25 hours. Yeah. Like yeah. really could have been fine with that yeah and, and plus even i, I would have looked at it but I, I think the internet would have just had an absolute meltdown for sure oh, charge seven bucks for a 20-hour game oh <laughs> unfortunately they, they totally... well especially in final fantasy because that's the one thing final fantasy that just they have to work with is that's mm-hmm. what that's what fans expect, and that's what rpg fans expect you know they, mm-hmm. they expect these long games and you know expect a, a you know these stories to to take their time and all that stuff but if i look at a game like god of war that's a full full-blown full-blooded game that's all has all this stuff and you can finish in like 20 and a half hours you know so that's, it's it's why you we can have do so it many games. bloated tales games <laughs> oh, oh my god, god. Tales, i i love tale tales is my favorite same, series same. my favorite game and they are bloated as hell every yeah, single one of that series and they're all at least 20 hours too long <laughs> yes um. everything and vesperia is the worst at it that's my favorite tales game and that is the worst at it um so but it just feels like obviously we could say this with a lot of rpgs yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I feel like Final Fantasy though has such a strong fan base. And even when something like Final Fantasy 15 comes out, or like some small changes happen here or there, you know, everybody gets upset about it. Or like this isn't the Final Fantasy I know. So I think you're right in that if they made the decision, hey, let's cut this down to a a time that it could probably work 20, 25 hours, and it'll be really efficient, really good, tight story, tight gameplay. You're right that there would have been a lot of people. Of, that's not my Final Fantasy. Like that's not what Final Fantasy. Yeah. You know, games have to be longer than that and and check off these certain boxes. Yeah. And it's a shame because it almost stands out more here because it's such like a a lean and well focused game that I I think it it's so close to just having just being this perfect running time that when it drags yeah. a little bit, it's very it's more noticeable than you know other RPGs that are actually drag on way longer oh yeah and like a tight narrative too that even when it drags on just a little bit you're like man you're yeah. like this is it's kind of taking away from how how incredibly efficient and well told like this and well paced exactly. the story yeah i mean i'm, I'm a lapsed uh, shimigami tensei fan i i know about story bloat and putting way too much in a game that could have been a lot less but but also you know you can quote unquote still ha- have a 20 hour game and if i'm having fun i'll put twice as much time into it sure because you yeah. know i i want to see i i tried to platinum this game so i think i put about 60 i could have never i could have and it leads to one of my other like i don't know if it's a major gripe but it leads to one of the gripes that it definitely it took away a little bit from me um mm-hmm. because i I came off of this after playing Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise was one of the most streamlined, like classic type RPGs uh, mm-hmm. I think that has come out. And one of it was because you could do quests and things like that whenever you want it. Like you can yeah. play that. You can do things whenever you want it. And there were too many times Final Fantasy VII Remakes like, no, 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 stop right there. Don't move forward. You got other things to do here. Like do a side quest first, do this. And like anytime a game tells me to like stop what I'm doing and halt, I hate that. I And especially I hated it more after coming off. Like I thought a rise did it so well. And I platinum the, the shit out of it. Uh, see when it, when it told me that I just said, Oh, I want to move on with the story. I'm good. Yeah. I, and <laughs> there was, there's always a part of like, I want to do more. Like I want, but I want to do it at my own pace. Like if I only have a couple hours and I just want to do story stuff, let me do the story yeah. stuff. And like, oh, you're gonna miss the, if you if you go forward. It's like if there were so many warnings. Like if you move, if it's like if you take another step, you're gonna lose so much of this I game think, that yeah, you should that, play. I'm like, okay, well now I don't like I don't know what to do. 
Like I don't want to do any of it. It's kind of the problem with you know being stuck with uh, what the story in the original game does because there's points where hey that location is no longer to be there. Right. <laughs> so right. If you want to finish all these side quests, you have to do there. So they're kind of stuck in some respects. And yeah. I I, ha- I have the opposite problem where I I want to just kind of take my time and do a bunch of exploring. And I'll wander into an area that triggers a cutscene, and it's like, no, I don't want to continue the story. I want to, I want to do side stuff, and then have to reload to save because I can't get back, or freak out because I think I missed something. Yeah, I, I always I, just felt like I, I was gonna miss something, and I didn't want to. But it's just like mm-hmm. I don't. There, there's just times you like you don't want to do quests. Like I don't, I don't want to do that now. I'm, I'm liking the story. I want to do this. Or there are times where I do just stop and I do a bunch of quests because I want to. I just want to check some boxes off, or I want to go off and maybe just kill some enemies, things like that. You know, it, mm-hmm. like it's just I, I wish it didn't tell me what to do and when to do it. Yeah, it just let me freaking do it. And I think uh, it's, it's it would be cool me time. if they did something like um, a lot of the Xenoblade Chronicles games do, where yeah. it's like even if it doesn't make sense story-wise whatsoever you can travel back to you can fast travel back to other areas and do other side quests yeah so. see that's that's what i don't care everybody's and, like oh it doesn't make sense like why does so it what? have to make sense yeah like, so what yes. you can still understand in in the context of where you were in the story then how it would make sense like, yeah it just doesn't matter because again if it's going to ruin the gameplay experience i don't care if it slightly ruins the story experience when it really yeah. doesn't ruin the story experience like, I think it's kind of um, cool when it does call back like moments that happen later, like you know, in the game. They're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that that happened at that point," or like this, this was going on at that point in the game. Like, I think it's it's always a fun little they, reminder of, "Oh, that's where I came from and they, what we did." They could have done something like they did in um, Final Fantasy 15, actually, where um, once you got to the last chapter, you could actually travel back, quote unquote, in time and explore the open world again. Mm-hmm. A concept. Uh, yeah, a so great, they could have a had a great concept. <laughs> they could have had something where you could travel back to previous locations you no longer have access to to do some of those quests. You know, one thing that they also did with this game that I thought was genius that I really wish more games would do is that instead of doing a, like a normal new game plus like you used to when you finished the game, they gave you a chapter select so that you could go, go back to any yeah. specific chapter you wanted yeah, to could do that yep. yeah yeah that was nice stuff and gosh i wish some games would do that because how many times have you been like wanted to go see another cutscene or something you gotta go all the way back yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i did like that that was that was nice i just again wish in the moment it did make me have to like stop and do that but I, I did like that okay if i really wanted to do these things i could just easily yeah um what i didn't like was how hard they made hard mode <laughs> You can't use items, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah, rough. I didn't even attempt that. I would not yeah. even attempt that. I, because I wanted the platinum game. That was one of the trophies. And man, I tried, and I tried to do it in reverse. I wanted to get the hard bosses done with so that I could just cruise the rest of the time. And I couldn't beat Sephiroth on hard mode for a million dollars. I, mean, granted, game, I, I don't know how anybody else felt, but I thought the game was hard and challenging in in a good way, though. Oh yeah, I will say that about the yes. game. It was challenging as hell, um, but I I liked it. Like it, over, overall, I thought you know all I the things they, they did. With, yeah, how they made it actiony, but I, um, still the turn based elements. Like there were so many good things that worked about it, and it this, was fun uh-huh. and, it, and yeah. challenging. What I imagined like an action based version of like the the um, the ATB system. This is exactly the sort of thing I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
Well, I mean, that's part of what they were always trying to capture with the ATB system. They were trying yeah. to kind of like simulate it, make it more active. That was the whole point. I mean, they started that with Final Fantasy X, where they were making it more dynamic, and they've just iterated in chunks since then. And I think ten is one of my favorite battle systems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, so. and this one, it was just the per- the perfect blend of a- action and turn based. And there's a lot of complaints about pe- people not wanting Final Fantasy to go more actiony, but I think they do a good job of blending it. Look, I I could get maybe like I know Final Fantasy 16, you know, coming out. That's a very like heavy Devil May Cry action RPG, mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy 15 was actiony. But this one I, I thought was a perfect blend. Like I, yeah. I loved the fact that it was very strategic, but also some action elements. I actually wish the action elements were a little bit better because, I, again, I was coming off the Tales of Arise, which was just a full-blown action fighting yeah. game. And like it's more move-around based. And I was trying to move around a lot in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm like, that's not what this game is. You, know, you can move around a little bit and try and dodge some things, but really it's strategizing, making sure I'm choosing the right attacks, right? You know, have the right items or whatever the case may be. Um, and and really strategizing. So that that part of my brain didn't really click, but even even when it did later on, it's still I love the battle system every step of the way because I just I felt like it was a good mix of both worlds. Well, if you mm-hmm. play the DLC, Yuffie is a lot more based on See, around. I didn't play the DLC, but yeah, she looked a lot quicker, I would say than yeah. a lot of other ones. Mm-hmm. She's she's yeah. fun. Well, and that was one thing I was going to bring up next in the battle system. I appreciate the fact that they made every character play completely unique. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, I just I had so much fun switching between them. Like, okay, I feel like being a shooty-shoot guy, so I'm going to switch to Barrett for a little bit and yeah. pop, pop things off from a distance. And now I feel like being quick and speedy and uh, switching to Tifa and just speeding things up. <laughs> that fixed one of my biggest complaints about the original game, which is one of the reasons I was a curmudgeon about it. Was just I went from Final Fantasy VI, where you got all these unique characters, you can build these cool parties, to wow, all these characters are kind of the same, and I just switched materia. And and I will say I've gone back to Final Fantasy VII after playing remake, and I actually like it a lot more now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that made me a huge curmudgeon for that game. And uh, just this, the way they did it here is so good. Like, I'm so excited to see how the other characters, when they get, get to them play. Like, yeah. Just, that's how good it is. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great, the party all works together. Like it's, it's really good. Yeah. And I didn't do this a lot in, at first. Cause when I play a fighting game where I play like an action RPG and there's a party, I like to just stick with one character. I feel like this game rewarded you for trying out every oh, yeah. single character mm-hmm. and and you know using them. But also what was really cool about that is this is a party-based I think combat system. Like it, it is encouraged use your entire party, but when you got into like the one-on-one duels that you would have with like Cloud, it still ended up being really good. So oh, I was yeah. surprised how how they made that all kind of work uh, t- together in in a way that I I thought would be impossible because it was very clearly like this is a party based game. But then you would do these duels. I'm like, man, this this battle system, which I mean, maybe is a, a testament to how good it was that it was yeah. very versatile. There's uh, there's one boss fight near the end where you like fighting. Uh, is it the president of Shinra or the president's son or something? Yeah, son. something that you're on top of Shinra. I yes. Think son, yeah. That fight was so intense. Yeah. It, it, That's it the one that awesome. really stands out. And that was yeah. talking about the duel. That's the one yes. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Because in the original game, I think you had the full party, didn't you? I think so. Yeah. Um, and he was really weak to poison. So you would just poison him. And I tried that technique again. And it's sort of 
sort of worked, but um, it was still a challenging fight. Now, I, I will say the one complaint I have about kind of each character playing different is that they did my boy Red 13 dirty by not letting him be playable because they didn't want people to have to learn another character that late in the game. You, you'll I, get him next game, Kelly. I, Don't worry. I know. <laughs> yeah. Is that confirmed? I, Who knows? I, I, I don't know he, if that's he a, has a to guarantee. Be. You know? He has to be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of upset people if he was not. I mean, unless there, they're going to make this five games, he has to be. In <laughs> there'd be a very upset me rioting in the streets, put it that way. Um, I'm, I'm so famous for my love of Red 13 when, that when uh, material came out, I had several DMs on my Discord. It was like, hey, have you checked the news this morning? No, what? Oh, my God, he's so pretty. I just want to pet him. <laughs> I did like his introduction. Uh, yeah, into, into the story. It was well done. Um, I, I liked his introduction. Um, I liked his new voice actor, even though I'm I'm sad that we didn't get Liam O'Brien back for uh, his voice. At least we got Max Middleton, um, aka One Punch Man, for him. Thanks. Um, I did not realize that. I haven't watched the uh, the dubbed version of One Punch Man, so ah, uh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> that is neat, <laughs> and I would not have expected that for <laughs> at all. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm a voice actor nerd, so I kind of keep track of all of that stuff. And e even though I was a little disappointed appointed that they didn't go with the Advent Children cast, I was kind of glad that they didn't. Well, no, well, I'm, I'm contradicting myself. Let me rephrase that. I was disappointed at first about not having the Advent Children cast, but I think who they got was amazing. And I understand why they wanted to change it, because that movie is what was 10 years old at that point or older so um i could see why they would want a fresh cast i mean uh, they got a great cast i mean oh this, yeah that, that's the one thing about remake is you know this is this is a big budget game you know this was this was a lot of effort put in and they knew this was this was going to be big and you know everybody obviously you know you're remaking one of the the greatest or considered one of the best video games of all time and uh yeah the voice the voice acting cast is great the production all of it um, and I'm sure we'll get more into you know that narrative stuff, but yeah, yeah. it's the, the voice acting was spectacular. In this it, everyone kills it. <laughs> yeah, we got Absolutely. we got we got Badger from Breaking Bad in the Final Fantasy game. Who knew? <laughs> I, I didn't even recognize him, even though I watched every frame of Breaking Bad, and Badger was kind of one of my favorite characters. And then once it was pointed out to me, it's like, holy crap, it is Badger! I can't unhear it now. Uh, that was the only voice. Well, him and bunch. Uh, Max Middleton were the only ones that I really recognized. Um, as for getting into narrative, so, so John, you never played the original one. Nope. And neither did Josh. I played the original one, but I only got like, I don't know, eight, ten hours. I probably got out of Midgar, and I think that's about where I gave up. Okay. So were, were either of you kind of confused about when Sephiroth would show up to taunt him? Uh, I mean, Sephiroth is so synonymous in video gaming. Like, I, I you know, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, okay. I knew who Sephiroth, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. okay. Um, because I was wondering how new, how completely new players to the game were gonna take that because you know, he's he's having flashback to things that haven't happened in the game yet to you guys. And I, I was just, <laughs> I was basically concerned for the new players because of you know prior knowledge and then yeah. they really start doing that stuff towards the end of the game yeah um, so maybe uh, i would say there probably are things that maybe would have gone over my head and that i would not have known and some of these flashbacks but mm -hmm. what 
what I hear from Seth uh, about Sephiroth in the first game and like how people talk about him as a villain, um, they definitely hit that right kind of atmosphere around him of this guy's menacing, like very mysterious. Like, I feel like everything that I was hearing about Sephiroth as a character, I thought they and they nailed it from the beginning too, when like everything's like uh burning um and you know you, you keep seeing flashbacks of sephiroth and like when you first see him like it's this really striking image um mm -hmm. so they did a really good job i think of again some of the flashback stuff may have gone over my head but what i heard about sephiroth as a character um it was exactly the same or or is kind of what i thought it was going to be and probably even okay. better than what i thought that's good because none, okay. none of that stuff happened in the original game yeah yeah, yeah. i was about to say like he doesn't <laughs> really show up until much later so how did you think that he they, oh they, i did not do like i didn't know when he would show up yeah, or like, but no, yeah it just it definitely like how just people talked about him um as a character I, and uh don't think he shows up he, he does not show up in midgar at all you like i think you nope. find his sword in someone and then that's about it mm -hmm. oh nice that sounds like him um you, you <laughs> technically don't even i think run to run into him you see traces of him and then you sort of see him in nipleheim and then um yeah he doesn't actually show up until you go to the north northern crater because all the ones you see beforehand were just clones. Man, that's crazy because i yeah. loved every single Sephiroth scene in yeah. remake. Yeah. Well, every single I, one. What I really like about this game, and you know, they kind of started early, is there's a lot of implications that this is not that the name remake is kind of a lie because there's yeah. implications that something from the future is trying to change basically how the original game ended up. Yeah, because yeah. the, uh, the the whispers of fate. Um, yes. I, I felt like because that's one plot device that I was kind of confused about. Like, okay, what what are we doing here with like? Yeah, because I think I I could see that being weird for anyone that wasn't that familiar with the original. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like they do a lot of things implying like nothing is off the table as far as us changing the story. Like, there's a point where you think they just off to bear it. Yeah, and I for and I for right that second thought that they were actually going to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the fact that uh, Biggs, Wes, Wedge, and Jesse actually make it in this yes. version is saying yes. a lot. And uh, I'm so glad. <laughs> this I did not care about them in the original game, and they are like my favorite characters in this game. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, the character uh, work in this game is incredible. Yeah. Uh, every single one of them uh, were it's just great character work and given time. I, uh, to, to really learn about that it was great it was really good. I, I even liked some of the new characters like johnny who is just a complete doofus yeah. that it takes the fall for every, everyone but he uh loves was it jesse or tifa i can't he, he was a simp for one of them so much that he did it um it, go, going back to the whispers thing when you guys played the dlc did any of you try to go into the bar as yuffie i don't know remember yeah. i don't think so okay if you try to go into the bar as yuffie in the dlc the whispers will come out and shoot you back and she'll go oh what was that oh so you can't go so the, you can't like cross the timelines yeah yeah it, it was like a neat little touch like well of course she can't go into the bar because technically you didn't see her until uh uh you got out oh, of that's Midgar, cool. so that's really cool actually. yeah yeah just just a neat little touch um yeah i i can i can definitely say that once by the time we got to the end of it, I kind of understood what they were doing with the whispers of fades. And mm -hmm. it was just initially not, I hate to say confusing. It was initially like, okay, this, this seems like this is going to be a plot device just used as a, you know, get out of something we don't want to do. 
um, or mm. like you know chainsaw. I, I, it just I don't know. It felt like a weird plot device to be using to change this story and to maybe mm-hmm. do something different than maybe so, what the original one was. But so, by the end, it, it they actually made it all kind of make sense very well. So I have to ask then: Did you get the significance of what happened with Zach at the end of the game? I I I do. So I I think I do. Did, right? Was there enough he's context? Not a thing. Yeah. Was there enough context in game for that? I don't know. I don't, yeah, that's a good. He's supposed I think, to be dead. I think. I think yeah. yeah. Right. I think I learned that afterwards because I know. Okay. I know pretty much all the big things that happen in the original Final Fantasy. It's hard not to get that spoiled, and it's still even spoiled. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's yeah, the problem. You, you you absorb if you you know play a lot of RPGs. You absorb a lot of this by osmosis. So yeah. Even oh, if yeah. you did have played seven, you know you kind of know a lot of these plot points as oh, well. Absolutely. So they- because this is this is such a. a it was such a pivotal RPG that like any podcast I listen to, it's like, and these are, <laughs> these are iconic moments, but that's something I, I, I don't know if they nailed every iconic moment of the original final fantasy seven, but man, they were such these such fun moments, like cloud doing the dance scene and all that. And um, <laughs> so in good. that area, Oh good. God. But yeah, it's just, it feels like they, there were so many iconic moments in this game that I think they either pulled over from the original or made their own. Um, but you know, as iconic as the first one is, I feel like we got so many more. And I, oh, I yeah. hate to say iconic, like, like they turn into memes, but like it was everywhere. This stuff was talked about all the time. It was everywhere. And I think it kind of became its own I- iconic um, imaging in itself. I mean, that dance sequence wasn't even a thing in the original game, really. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I know that but that part was in it, right? That scene, but not the like cross that. The cross-dressing was in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the okay. cross-dressing was in it and trying to get the best dress was in it but not the dance scene itself the um the honey bee in was a little bit more i, I want to say i don't even think it was homophobic it was just a little more erotic it was a little more cringe yeah just, just a little i'll bit. say this one wasn't the dancing no. i thought was awesome i thought it was amazing oh was I, amazing. I loved it when, when the guy said male female beauty doesn't pick a gender it was like thank you thank you game Oh, this this young non-binary, you you just melted my heart there. <laughs> yeah, I just, it was uh, really well done. I loved all of it, all but, of that, it, that part. But yeah, t- talking about Final Fantasy VII being ubiquitous, I I knew that Final Fantasy VII was in the mainstream when there was a reference to it in Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> was there a reference to it in Ready Player One? I can't remember because that was a, another big like they did a bunch of video game references, obviously. I don't remember, and and right, I mean, it's not a blatant reference in Wreck It Ralph. There's just a piece of graffiti on a wall that says "Aerith lives." <laughs> I mean, uh, didn't the didn't I the never saw that? A, That's awesome. Did anyone want to see that Beetle trailer for the the new DC movie coming out? Because it definitely seemed like they referenced the Buster Sword when it was oh, like, I, uh, "You can create any weapon you yeah. want. Just imagine it." And like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's the Buster Sword. <laughs> obviously, sure. it looked like actually a mix between the Buster Sword and like the Gun Sword um, that Squall gets. I was like, okay, this could is definitely be like generic anime sword, but yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, j- just talking references real quick and real quick, and then we'll go back. There is an episode of gosh, I, I'm blanking on the name of the cartoon now. It's the one with the blue cat, bubblegum, blue cat, blue cat. Oh my god, this is gonna drive me nuts now. My brain wants to say bluey, but that's about dogs. <laughs> no, it was a cartoon <laughs> show. They they had a whole episode that was basically a f- reference to Final Fantasy VII, including very uh distinct legally distinct but very close battle music and i'm blanking 
on the name of the cartoon now. Okay. No, it's not Adventure Time. Gumball. The Amazing World. Oh, Gumball. Gumball. Okay. Uh, one of the episodes, yeah, has that reference. Though, um, though, though my husband is right. Adventure Time did have the Buster Sword in the background. Ooh, nice. But I, I think that's that's all part of Final Fantasy VII, the original, is that it is mm-hmm. this iconic, well-referenced, yeah. mainstream game. But what Remake, I think, it, it had this huge bar to, to get to, and I feel like it got there. I don't know. In my eyes, it did. Because I feel like this game was everywhere. It had its iconic moments. Like, it, it kind of raised... It, it felt like it, it hit that bar of, like, this is also... It, look, nothing's going to be the original. Nothing's going to be as big as the, the first one. Uh, but this one reached those heights of, okay... It, there there are these incredible moments uh, that they were able to kind of reach and I feel like would get almost mainstream in a way. Uh, now. Well, so I feel like it got there, definitely. I, I think it was pretty impressive that this game wasn't just kind of like resting on nostalgia. Like, it, yes. I, think oh, it, yes. I think it worked really well. Like, I, I came to it with zero nostalgia and I just enjoyed it from beginning to end. And I thought it was a really <laughs> impressive you know like it is a game where they could have just put out like a better graphical performance you know like a better graphical version of it redone it Mm -hmm. and made a ton of money just reselling the same thing over again and the fact that they decided not to do that in some ways is kind of kind of more impressive that they managed to do that and pull it off yeah um yeah because and that one um 25th anniversary stream where they announced a version that was kind of the uh, polished graphical remake and i was like oh wow i kind of want that that too (laughs) um but but that's more of a like episodic chunk thing that i haven't even heard any news about since it got announced yeah and but the thing is i I think i have to say about that as well in like how final fantasy 7 remake was able to do all this it's definitely something i think only tetsuya nomura could have pulled off Mm because he does he tells stories completely different than anyone else even I, I would say anyone in square enix all of that he has like all directors have unique styles um and i i, I do movies i love movies and like christopher nolan tells a story way different than tarantino does and way different than martin scorsese does but you know, every every single one has their own unique way of telling a story, but they all work for some of the stories they tell. And I feel like the fact that Nomura uh, was the director for this game certainly helped in all of its kind of kind of standing out from the first one because uh, Nomura is able. Uh, this one, I, I will say, it, this one felt more like a Kingdom Hearts game than anything. Like, oh my mm-hmm. god, this is because you could tell when somebody I, tells is telling their story, like how they how they hit certain story beats like and Kingdom things. Hearts like this was this was Kingdom Hearts actually shit. coherent. Yeah, it, exactly. It was. <laughs> It, it def- absolutely was. Um, but I mean, it just felt like, oh, shit, it's like a lot of Kingdom Hearts stuff happening here. <laughs> and like it all makes sense. But I think because of that um, and his unique way of telling a story, that mm-hmm. it certainly made for these moments that, that that definitely felt different than I think the first. I, I will say I do think that Nomura is a little bit like George Lucas and that he's a great storyteller, but he needs somebody to kind of rein him in. Yeah. Because uh, Kingdom Hearts gets pretty crazy. Oh, Kingdom Hearts is batshit crazy i i love it because it's batshit crazy but i i know there's people that don't and that that's fine i, I, I wouldn't say he's, he's like christopher nolan but it reminds me of that like sometimes it can get like tenant was just way too convoluted and like they're doing <laughs> a bunch of different things and inception was one that i'm sure a lot of people are like holy shit what's going on like we're going deeper into yeah. a deeper sleep but we're already in the deep sleep and then time there are seconds happening here but hours happening in the next one it's like everybody's like what the fuck is going on i loved inception and I, it's one of my favorite movies <laughs> ever <laughs> 
it's one of my favorite. I love that movie, but it's it's the same thing with Namor. It's like there's a lot of that stuff. It's like okay, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going in a bunch of different directions here. Like what? Yeah, I didn't feel like they went too convoluted. And like in the original, there's a lot that could get kind of kind of convoluted, but I, I felt like they did a good job. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I, to say it. Just keeping it not straightforward, but not making it too weird. Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely grounded. Um, yes. I, I think it's a good way to put that because there, as much as they were telling like this block, it was a blockbuster. It's a summer blockbuster, like some of this stuff, because like, these big set pieces, like over the top, like cloud, like jumping off the motorcycle, like doing a flip and like doing his pose, yeah. like very mm-hmm. summer blockbuster, like big action movie type thing. But there were still so many quieter character moments and, um, you know, just very subtle moments. Altogether, that that just felt very grounded, and Cloud was a big part of that. I know Cloud like definitely got a lot more, I would say, whiny than I think people wanted uh, from what I, I was hearing some of the criticisms. I'll, um, I'll but t- I, it it seemed to, to work for me. I'll, I'll tell you tell you what I I think I don't think they really changed Cloud at all. I just think in the original game, given the limited amount of story text, it was kind of harder to get what they were coming across with the character like he it mm-hmm. seems like cloud's supposed to be like he's not really a jerk he's just acting like a mean jerk to look tougher and try and mm-hmm. be this tough soldier guy and i felt like when that clearly came... something's wrong like yeah i think right. this, it was conveyed a lot in this one that like yeah, there's I... definitely something that that's bothering or yeah um, i feel that like that yeah and, and a lot of that it's... has to do with like character animations and being able to yes, see motion absolutely that way that you can get read that a lot more and that like no this guy's not a jerk he's dealing with stuff <laughs> yeah yeah to me he he came off as more serious but also ha- had a heart when he really needed to have a heart um in, in this game versus the other game where he he seemed like a more take charge person in the original game and then kind of, and then kind of got flanderized into this emo guy. Th- thanks to Advent Children and some other depiction, uh, yeah, depictions <laughs> like always, Kingdom Hearts. I feel like Final Fantasy fans, more than any other like uh, fan base of this genre, like just mm-hmm. can't stand the whiny like character. Because I know Titus is a character that isn't liked in Squall, and Squall I think was very Squall and Cloud to me. Uh, from what I remember, Final Fantasy and then this remake version, very much the same. Like they they try and act tough, they try and you know be these characters that you know are very tough characters, but deep deep inside there's like this internal struggle with them, and um, you know they they definitely let that play out. I think a lot, um, but mm-hmm. I think people for some reason in Final Fantasy don't react well to characters that show like um, a little bit of maybe whininess or um, a little bit more emotion, I would say towards what's happening then. Cause Titus was another one. Titus like, Oh, he has dad issues and he's really going through it. And everybody's like, Oh, it's really not that bad. It's like, well, man, the guy's going through something. Like, there's obviously I, I like an Tia internal so struggle much. here. I do too. I mean, it just it always feels like that, that there's a rejection of those characters sometimes because like, oh man, like they're too whiny and like they're they're too much like this and like they need well, to Maybe you're whining too much about their whining, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always feel like. like man, can't characters have you know problems and and mm-hmm. sadness and and struggles and it just feels like no not good enough so i felt i don't know cloud to me it, it he had a, a very perfect tone of like yeah this guy yeah. definitely tough guy like strong fighter strong warrior but there is something deep in his internal yeah. struggles that's um that's bothering him no i well, never it, liked cloud in the original and i uh, think he's awesome in this one yep I, I never liked Aerith in the original one same, and i thought same. that she she's awesome it's like yeah. oh 
it's like, oh my god, cr- crank her personality to 11, so I'm going to f- feel that hit in the next game so much worse. Yeah, yeah, I mean... <laughs> if they even go that way. As, as Honestly, as you... I can't... I can't remember many characters that I think were bad, I, especially the main party, like the yeah. ones you interact with the most. Every single character was awesome and, and yeah, really, mean, really good. I mean, Eris in the original game, I just felt like as soon as you knew she died, I just could not care less about her. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it was she, she's just so awesome. <laughs> if it's assuming they that that's not one of the story changes that end up happening, uh, that's that's going to be a rough uh, yeah, and that's I, all over again. I, I'm going to be really curious to see where they go with that next game. Yeah. Well, um, well, set it up now. Now you actually have some tension of, you know, like, yeah. is she or isn't she? Yeah, this mm-hmm. is, that's what I really love about what they did here. They they put in the expectation that anything can change. Like, anyone could die. Anyone could live. Who knows? Like, it, I, I mean, my jaw was on the floor when, when Zach made it at, oh, at yeah. the end credits. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I, I had to ask people. I was like, did I did that just happen? Is that what I just saw? <laughs> I, I thought so, too, because um, spoilers for Crisis Core. But that cutscene does not play out that way in Crisis no. Core. <laughs> uh, what a very Marvel thing to do, though. Yeah. Like this. This all of a sudden, like reveal at the end of the game. And like like Marvel does at the end of movies, yeah. <laughs> Again, speed, like the blo- blockbuster connection I can make, very like blockbuster Marvel type stuff. There. Um, did, did you guys finish Integrate at all? Yes. Uh, because that ending kind of expanded on uh after Midgar a little bit, which I thought was kind of cool. I did not get to the end of it. I'm ashamed to say. No, I yeah, I am by too. Shiny objects. Yeah. I mean, I, I saved up for a PS5 just to be able to play Integrate yeah, um, I mean, when it came out. I bought it the second it came out. I don't know. I just don't know why I didn't get back to it. I know. I even bought Integrate. I, that's because I played it first on PS5. So I had uh, Integrate first. And uh, by the way, this game on PS5 is holy. Oh, bad. yeah. Wow. Yeah, at some point I'm gonna want to play the PS5 version again. Like probably when they announce something for Rebirth. Um, just I wanted to play it this week uh, to refresh my memory, but that oh, yeah. didn't happen. This is, this is gonna have to be one of those games where you're gonna have to like maybe the entire series, or you're gonna have to make sure to play the one before it to remember because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot that happens. Like yeah. the end the end of this game is wild. Absolutely. Oh wild. my god! Yeah, the whole ending sequence and the last boss fights are so freaking good and i'll tell you it's again like this <clears throat> i guess just this more thing but he has a great ability of setting up these really interesting set pieces especially at the end of games and man that last and i don't know if i'm going too far ahead in what we're going to talk about but like that last scene with cloud and sephiroth is fantastic i don't I, it may have pissed a lot of people off because i know that's when it started maybe like really deviating from the first one um but it was just really interesting and and you know the uh, the interaction between those two was was great. So I, all I know is I was hooked. It was a lot that went on. It was crazy, but man, I am absolutely hooked by what remake did. At least towards the end. Um. So so, so you guys that didn't play the original when the Sector Seven plate fell, uh, were you confused about why there was a tuxedo cat having a damn you all to hell moment in that cutscene? <laughs> I forgotten that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it was. Know. 
Because that was another instance of, well, I know exactly who that is, but yeah. I don't know if a new player is going to put two and two together. No, that obviously went over my head. <laughs> yep, definitely went over mine, 100%. Uh, okay. Yeah, speaking of him, I, I can't wait to see how he plays. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be so curious. Um, he'd better have a Scottish accent or I'm yes. going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those that don't know, um, that character is called Ketchy, and a Ketchy is a Scottish cat fairy um, that, that's basically a trickster. And when they had a bit, when in Advent Children, when he had a Scottish accent, my husband. <laughs> My husband thought it was dumb. I'm like, no, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> but but I get it. Oh, it seems gosh. like they put that in and it just goes over my head, but it wasn't like, yeah. what was that? You know, like I wasn't upset at it. Yeah, <laughs> it no. Over my head and it was perfect for you. It, it was just it's just a fun little nod, but there, there's a lot more to that character than meets the eye, <laughs> um, put, put it that way. But that's getting into spoiler territory that yeah. I don't want to ruin for you guys. But yeah, Wheels, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things that unlike... Uh, era dying obviously is not necessarily in the zeitgeist let's say so i won't mm -hmm. say any more about that character. yeah um but, but you know just like with a marvel movie where you don't have to have watched everything i i appreciate that stuff like that is in the game that i can smile at and you guys can be like huh and it's gonna pay off for you guys later yeah oh well, i can definitely say this like uh if you are having any reservations of like should i play the original final fantasy first so i can play final fantasy 7 remake like no I, I think for me, I, I completely enjoyed this story and maybe I might have enjoyed it better because, again, you know, there are a lot of expectations with this game and expectations of the story. And, you know, if you're going to deviate away from that, I'm sure it could upset a lot of people. But for me, I, I think as a standalone story, you know, and, and not having any previous knowledge of what happened in the original, uh, mm -hmm. I think it worked out very well for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always said I wish I could go back in time and play the original for the first time again. Um, <laughs> mainly so that one that one major spoiler uh, actually doesn't get spoiled for me because um, I, I didn't have a PlayStation back then, and I so oh I yeah, I was like, everything got spoiled. Yeah. I already know almost everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, this was 1997, even before the internet was that popular, but. Um, I, I was sort of playing vicariously through a friend who would kind of tell me about everything happening in the game. And then she just ca came after she finished disc one. Like, yeah, Aerith dies. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm one, luckily for me, I've, I've gotten past this whole spoiler thing. Cause everybody's like, oh, don't spoil stuff. Don't spoil stuff. I'm like if you spoil something and that ruins whatever medium you're watching, whether it's a movie, I usually tend to do it with movies or even video games. Like mm -hmm. it's, Usually how it plays out and how they get to it and how it's all done. That matters more to me than like what actually happens. Yeah. You know, if, if it's done right, like I can't wait. To, I, like what you're mentioning, Eris death. I that's something that is spoiled for me, obviously, but I can't wait to see like how it's done, why it's done um, and, and everything that happens, you know, before and after it. So, yeah, even like, yeah, it spoils it, spoilers for me. Like, I just don't I don't get upset about it anymore because I, I think I can still leave it up to the merit of whatever the movie or game is that like if they tell the story well, then I can't wait to see it. I don't care if it's spoiled. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, it, it depends on what it what it is. Like, I definitely didn't want something like Avengers going back to Marvel again spoiled for me um yeah there's some I, movies like i'm just gonna name one that i know 
Um, because if there's something like a really great plot twist at the end, like if you're going to spoil a whodunit movie kind of thing, mm-hmm. I'll say that like, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. But like, yeah, like spoiling, you know, moments, I think like we're talking about with Final Fantasy seven here, like it doesn't, that doesn't bother me. But yeah, like if you're going to, if the whole point of a movie is like, oh, who, who did it? And like, you all, you all of a sudden already know who did it going in. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would probably not be great. I'd probably and, ruin some of those movies. And it, it's it works differently for different people. Like some people think that that um, knowing that certain characters are going to be in a game is is considered spoilers. But th- yeah, then you get into yeah. a Zelda game, and it's like, well, Ganon is the bad guy. Oh, I can't believe you spoiled it. Like really, <laughs> you don't know that really? Ganon is going to be in a Zelda game. Really. <laughs> Spoiler. Or like my sister who got mad at me when I think Brad Pitt was in a movie where he was playing Achilles and I was like, well, it sucks. His character is going to die. And she got mad at me. I'm like, do you not know Greek mythology or history or why it's called an Achilles heel? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've been I've been saying this about uh, I've been watching the John Wick movies. I don't know if anybody's watched those, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's spoilers to tell you because they pretty much tell you in the first five to ten minutes. John Wilkes Wick is going to kill everybody. Everybody's yeah. going to die. <laughs> oh, spoilers. <laughs> if he, man. Yeah, spoilers. John Wick, this murder machine is going to kill somebody and he's going to kill all of them. So it's like it's yeah things like that. It's like oh you're spoiling this. I had somebody say that to me. Oh aren't you spoiling John Wick? I'm like watch the first five to ten minutes of that movie. You will know exactly why that is not spoiling anything. They literally flat out <laughs> tell you he's gonna kill you, all of you, and that's it. I mean they even said in the trailer that his dog was pretty much gonna die at the beginning. Which... Right, like they spoiled everything about that movie. And but it's the like, movie okay, even spoils itself in the beginning. I guess. It's like okay, thank you for telling me that so that I can fast forward that scene because I don't want to. <laughs> watch that that part yeah i didn't mean to get a huge like spoiler but i feel like that happens a lot when um final fantasy 7 comes up and like all these spoilers but like it doesn't i it should not bother you at all like halfway through the game it's it's if that ruins the game for you then it you are just not gonna like this game (laughs) i mean at this point it's in the zeitgeist like um, yeah darth vader being luke skywalker's father I would you say know. it's one of the, you're right. I was about to say it's one of the most talked about moments I think in video games. Like yeah. Every RPG podcast I listen to, a video game podcast I listen to, all the things I read about video games and stuff. Uh, obviously, I read all this stuff and listen to it. It's mentioned all the time. It is one of the most big moments in all of video game history. So like it's gonna get spoiled. Like you're gonna know about it. And I, I and I think be, it became such a big moment because for a lot of people that was their first RPG and they didn't understand that yeah characters die in these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, stories are good in these games. Like, <laughs> big moments happen and characters uh, interesting die. moments. Yes. Spoilers tell it tell it dies. Um get, 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 we got off track a little bit. Um uh, how did you guys like the little music uh, collecting mini game there was well without a really mini game like the fact that you could p- pick up CDs of the soundtrack including songs that would logically wouldn't show shouldn't show up yet like a uh, catch cheese theme yeah I'm sure it. that was fun I I still think the best version of that is still Final Fantasy 15 when you're in the car oh, yeah. and you can play the radio <laughs> sure. and you can hear all of these soundtracks so like it was a decent mini game but it it felt like it was a little bit too much like trying to work to to do something then i mean i feel like was implemented better in a previous game more of that soundtrack is not a bad thing mm. oh for I, sure i still oh, listen yeah, to that I, soundtrack yes. in my car all the time 
I, I thought it was interesting that the benches were the uh, quote unquote save point instead of the actual oh, save cool. point. Though, like, if you potion was like an energy drink brand, yeah. that was yeah. that was cool. So, interestingly enough, if you look at the design on some of the benches, they have the logo of the original save point, which I thought was a neat touch. Oh, that's. That's awesome. And, and I, I was looking out for things like that throughout the game. Um, I, I, I still like the cross-dressing scene, especially um, the different cutscenes you get for getting the different dresses, and there's an achievement for finding all of nice. them. Um, the Aerith's worst, worst dress has kind of a funny cutscene because she's being followed by a cat. <laughs> And, oh, and Cloud's reaction to the cross-dressing scene was just—I I was on the awesome. floor laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but but they they didn't make it cringy like a lot of that cross-dressing stuff used to be. Yeah. I thought that they were very respectful with it. Mm-hmm. It's honestly one of the best moments in the game. Like I'll yeah. Yeah. I thought it was one of my favorite moments in the entire game. It was no, so much fun. It's funny people were really worried about that going in, and then yeah, it became. Yeah like one of the best spots in the game mm-hmm. I, I think that was a big concern and then barrett was a big concern going in yeah yeah because uh, it was definitely it was you know the original game was in a time when uh the, those sorts of characters were much more stereotype ridden yeah than right. they are now and you can get away with now <laughs> yeah because i was about to ask like what were sort of those reservations about it because barrett was the best to me, the best character in the game. Yeah. In the <laughs> original so game, they localized him with a lot of abonics, um, yeah. a lot of cursing, and that that wasn't right. And I I honestly don't even know if it was uh, like that in the original Japanese. I'd have to have um, somebody that knows Japanese to read through the text and tell me. But um, I love that. Yeah, Barrett is this awesome, strong character, and you know he's he's still got a potty mouth, and he's still badass, but he's not a stereotype that's going to make me cringe. Yeah, he had another character I hated in the original that I absolutely loved in this game. Dude, he was, it, everything he's he was just like a he had a gravitational pull to. Him. He, he was a leader, you know. He, yeah. Just man, and, and the the voice actor did an awesome job with it because he just sounded like one of those booming voices and mm-hmm. um, this very strong leader type character. Uh, but yeah, Barrett was Barrett was the best. He was so good. And and those beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I sorry, there there was a meme about. I saw maybe when the game came out a while back that was like Barrett wears glasses because otherwise you would get lost in his eyes. <laughs> and it was like, you know, maybe you've got a point there. He's got very gorgeous eyes. Oh, well, I I think we've gushed about this game plenty, so I don't know if we want to do more gushing in the round table. Have, have I forgotten anything? We I kind of was just letting you guys direct and bringing up questions on occasion. Well, well, I think the only thing we we didn't hit, well, you kind of hit it in the original thing, was just Jesse's insane thirstiness in that game. Oh, yes. It's just a sight to behold. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was funny, though. Like, like I pointed out in the skit, how is it that Cloud has three beautiful women after him at all times? Seriously. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that Jesse had a personality, though. They they implied that she was uh, d- doing that just to get him to him to do what she wanted. <laughs> um, whether or not that was true or not, I don't know. 
I, I was but sad when Cloud. Isn't that what it's, what's amazing? I guess about remake is these characters that were just, I guess, uh, in the game for a short period of time. I'm kind of guessing here from what I've read and heard um, that they all had very distinct character moments. And oh yeah, like we all remember Jesse and Cloud, like before she goes in the house and like she's inviting him to dinner and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's yeah, very these these strong character moments for these characters that that didn't get those in previous games. Oh. So it was really impressive that they were able to do that for this one. I, I was sad that he didn't get invited to the pizza party though. I know. <laughs> like, sorry. Avalanche members only like, Oh, <laughs> go up back and pet some cats. <laughs> uh. So I guess the only thing I'll say, um, because I don't know if we're going to talk about it in the round table, but Arsenal, the chapter 17 boss. No way. Get that character out of here. I'm done with him. <laughs> I don't the, remember that one. Oh my god! I remember. I was getting my absolute ass kicked, and I think it was Barrett. I don't even think he had Cloud because uh, he had to split up, and it was Barrett and like a, somebody else with you, and it was brutal to go with. And this thing had a bunch of cannons on it and electricity and all this stuff. It was hard as shit, and uh, that 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 is one boss that I just I can't get out of my head. It beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't think to do do a hardest boss question. I kind of just went with the standard ones because they were. I thought they'd be good questions for everything. I know but... the other one was too. It was um, remember that the tour the I guess the tournament whatever it was called. Yeah, uh, the house. You, the ha- the hell house. Yeah, that that mf'er. Uh, that thing sucked. Um, that was sort of a nod to the original because in the original that house was just a random enemy that you would run into in the uh, playground area um, or around that playground area and it would just if you weren't careful it would wipe you completely wipe your party oh well, and, they, nice callback for this one because it could yeah. completely wipe my ass out all the time yeah yeah I remember coming up across that and asking you, Kelly, like, why Why am I finding a house? This makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just a, a random enemy in the original game, and it was hard then, too. And it, they decided, well, hey, that, that enemy you hated, we're going to make it a boss now, and we're going to make it <laughs> make you hate it even more. Because um, the original game had an arena, but it wasn't until you got to the Gold Saucer. So I found it interesting that they put an arena in this game. Um, and the, the, we did forget to mention the virtual arena where you could go and redo boss fights and stuff and do certain challenges um, with that one character who I don't have no idea what his name is, but he looks like Hope from Final Fantasy 13. So that's what I called him. He was your he was a guy that would give you your summon materia. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, th- I didn't use summons as much in this game as I did the uh, original. I didn't find them as useful. I don't remember using them a ton. Um, I mean, I that pretty much, yeah. The, the, the I mean, base, the base, you know, like part of the combat just worked really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 were kind of like in Final Fantasy X, where they would just show up as a character that you could control, and then do an ultimate. Um, but I didn't find any of them really particularly useful. So I'll be curious to see if Knights of the Round comes back. C- control thirteen uh, knights at once. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Oh, I was just talking about the summons and how I didn't find them particularly useful. Oh, yeah, game. no, but like they control 13 of what at once? Oh, oh uh, knights. Yeah, it's okay, a summon sounds, from the original like game that is pretty crazy. It was it was OP. <laughs> yeah, um, it was insanely hard to get. Yeah, you had to breed chocobos for like a whole day. Breed and race and all of that stuff. So I'm curious if that, that a lot yeah. of that mini game stuff is going to come back. 
Yeah, my brother did all that. I never had the patience to do it myself. Um, and then f- finally, um, I-, I did appreciate that the DLC lets you play as Yuffie a little bit early, and was yes. just kind of a neat little story chunk. Yeah. I I wanted more Fort Condor though, because I got addicted to that, and uh, because the DLC was kind of short, you really could only do it a couple of times. Yeah, that's a fun little game. I hope they bring that back and, and rebirth. And and yeah, Fort Condor was not a trading figure game in the original. It was just a random mini game that you ran into that I don't even think. Well, yeah, it was required for the story, but it was easier to just let lose and continue the story. So I'm glad that came back with a lot more polish and a lot more love. Yeah. So um, I, I think we're ready to move on to the roundtable. Uh, um, as far as availability goes, I mean, it's it's a PlayStation mostly exclusive, though you can get it on Steam. Um, it goes on sale all the time on both platforms for like forty bucks. Um, I, I forgot that this this uh, or that the PS5 version was raised to seventy. Got that next gen tax. Yeah, yeah, but well, at least I think the PS5 version comes with the DLC, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. It oh. Does. Yes. Okay. It really does. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and before remember. we go before we go to the roundtable, let me t- tell you about how much of a pain in the ass it is to transfer your Final Fantasy VII save file if you've upgraded to PS5. Because I oh, just yeah. I just did the standard upload everything to the cloud and download everything like I thought it would do, and I thought the save would transfer. Same. No, y- you've got to use their proprietary service to transfer your ff7 save file if you um, wanted to upgrade so i had to dig out the ps4 hook it to the internet the internet wasn't working on it for some strange reason and it was just a nightmare to get that save file over and and also on the on the wait, ps wait 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 why'd you what? do that in your ps4 you could just install the ps4 version on your ps5 download your save from the cloud and then do it that way see i think i tried it like that and it didn't work but then again, uh, so I had to do it, which was okay. also a pain because then I had two versions of Final Fantasy VII sitting on my system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, yeah. thanks PlayStation, thanks Sony yeah. for, for having that. Uh, yeah, that was the other bitch of it because I don't that hard drive was so small I couldn't have both games on the hard drive at the same time. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That that was before <laughs> I got an external drive for it. I was I was. Yeah, I was lucky because I had an external drive in my PS4, so I just moved it from one system to the other. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're better off just getting it on PS5. You can yeah. find them now, hopefully. But that being said, I think we're ready to go to the round table. I, I could gush about this game all day. I think we need to specify our gushing to characters. And I, I, I'm also curious to hear about your stories while playing this game, because I've got a couple. So um, we are going to take a brief musical interlude with some beautiful Final Fantasy VII music, and then we'll come back with the round table. So stick around.
and welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now into the round table, our own personal thoughts and personal stories about the games. Um, go going back to some of the classic questions, just because I thought they applied. Uh, what were you guys' favorite moments from the game? Uh, favorite, funniest, memorable? Oh man, I'm so basic. I mean, I love the 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 dance scene was just hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> like favorite moments. I also loved uh, a wedge and all of his cats. I mean, mm-hmm. just like simple stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. There, there were so many great little moments in the game. I think mine was when Aerith hit the guy on the back of the head with the chair and then did a little smile at the end. And I was like, <laughs> you, you little shit, you're amazing. Aerith had a lot of. She, she really did have a great personality in this game. Oh, she was so good. Yeah. She was oh, they, good. they took a the bland, arguably the blandest character in the original game and made her the best. Um, yeah, she certainly. I know uh, that one moment where they were in the um, by her house and like in the garden, she was talking about you know the Mako and you know all of this this stuff. Like it was awesome. Uh, I, I thought it was really. We talked about some of the grounded moments in the game. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me was the um, was one of the. I forget what they were called. Like the leaders of that the area. Um, um, where like all the casino stuff and underground stuff happens, but the massage uh, lady and like oh. the massage clouds hand. Oh yeah. And it was one of the funniest, weirdest moments of the entire game. Maybe of like in all of video games that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. They, there was wall market. They get, did a good job of making wall market. Right, look, yeah. look, look fun and seedy as hell. That was my favorite time. place. Yeah. That was that was my favorite, favorite, favorite place. Yeah, Walmart favorite is setting. the bomb. Yeah, it was so great. Uh, what what about you, Wheels? Uh, there's like so many, like how they redid the opening, like the opening animation that was just hits you with like a blast of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, just the emotion of the plate falling, and then later the emotion of hey, those characters you fell in love with like ten times more than you ever did in the original game. Be- possibly being not dead just really really hits your heart because mm-hmm. i mean everything with all, all the scenes with biggs and wedge and jesse are just oozing with character and you you really really uh feel for those characters a lot so mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah and, them, them taking no nothing characters like that those three and then making them so memorable just yeah. hit me right in the feels i think for me though the ending just just being so crazy like hey here's this thing that because that's that's like a, a redo of the ending of uh crisis core right mm-hmm. yeah so just watching that and realizing everything that could happen in the two games to follow just uh, i have to pick that as um the most memorable moment for me and just just to go off on a mild tangent, the fact that Squeenix uh, re-released Crisis Course so that people could experience that, yeah, uh, f- firsthand, and then understand why that was such a mind blow. Um, as much as people complain about Squares re-releasing their stuff over and over again, God, uh, you know, they, at least they do release their stuff over yeah. and over again. Because that game was stuck on a d- dead system that nobody played. It was stuck and on it a was dead system of... and it never came to digital, so you couldn't yeah. even play it on the Vita. 
So, as a fan of uh, as a fan of Fire Emblem, where you know, like two thirds of the series is stuck on platforms that you can't play anymore, can't get anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd much prefer them to be, you know, proactive in re-releasing stuff. Yeah, seriously, not be able to play it. Like, t- take notes, Nintendo. Just saying. Yeah. Um. So, so, so segueing from take that. Take notes, uh, Tales. By the way. Oh yeah, them too. Yes. Good also, God. Take- Save Tales of Graces F from the graveyard For the of love PS3, of God, please. Please. Thank, please and thank you. Zillia, Zillia <laughs> 2, all of them in the PS3. Get please, please, please. I really want uh, a localization of um, Rebirth myself, but yeah, uh, Tales is. And then when they port over the same game, they've ported over like five different times and they make it worse than it is every single time. Um, that's not good. So, yeah. <laughs> Square Enix and especially the, the Final Fantasy spinoffs and all this stuff surrounding like Final Fantasy VII. Um, mm-hmm. Very good. Very good job. Release um, everything so, and put it all on Switch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, or Steam Deck. I'm, I'm, now that I'm a Steam Deck stan, I don't mind playing stuff on that now. Yeah, but I still like a little cart in a little case. Yeah, no, I do, I do too. Don't get me wrong. And I like that the Switch doesn't weigh 200 pounds like the Steam Deck does. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, th- th- that being said, uh, what are you guys' favorite characters? Mine will surprise you. Jesse. Clickbait title. Oh, there's two, there's so, so many thirst. of them. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I'll go Barrett. I just had, I thought Barrett's character was very important to the story and all the stuff with his daughter was great um but i thought they just did a good job with that character in particular i i'm lobbying for jesse to just be back and a playable character in the sequel thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) um so you you would think i would say red 13 but he wasn't in this game for very long and didn't have much of a personality and i'm hoping that they're going to rectify that in the second game where you'll actually get to see his backstory and kind of deal with his uh baggage but as for this game um hands down Aerith. um, yeah that's that's the other one i was going to go with so i'm glad i didn't so we uh you covered that for me i mean uh, years i had been wondering well T- tifa or Aerith? well i kind of like tifa better because she's more of a tomboy like me and then this game is like nope Aerith. sorry tifa i love you but Aerith is just so amazing she's just a quirky personality and she- she's cherry without being a-, a manic pixie dream girl and yeah i i just can't get over how how well they did her character and how amazing her voice actress is um did, did everybody go i think so, I think so. Think so. Okay. My bad. Um. Did Did any of you guys have a f- particular favorite song from this version of the game? Uh, like the "Welcome to the Honey Bee Inn" song. I forget yeah. The exact title of the song. Yeah. The the f- full jazz ensemble was pretty yes. amazing. That or yeah. one of the remixes of the boss theme. I think there's a few. So. Yeah. Um. I uh, really liked uh this this game's version of Crazy Motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> I just know the motorcycle parts are fantastic, so yeah, I'll just follow along with that one. Well, well, now I think my favorite is is now One Winged Angel because of your story about uh, Sephiroth and Sippy oh, Cup. Sippy Kelly. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I I polluted so many people on RPG Cast by pointing that out and had people yelling at me on Discord like I can't I can't stop hearing Sippy Cup now. Like my job is done. <laughs> And then um, finally, I, we always ask this question. And since it's a, this game came out during the pandemic, we're going to have some interesting answers. Huh. Uh, 
what are your memories associated with this game? And I'll I'll go last because I've got stories. Oh, uh, I I guess I can start. I think I didn't play it until the PS5 version came out, and this was kind of like one of the very. I mean, obviously, it's not the first game I played on PS5, but it was kind of the first one that that actually felt like a next gen game, even though it is a PS4 game. And mm-hmm. I think that just goes to like how amazing it, the the game looks and plays graphically. It's just just really impressive. But I mean, you know, like we we kind of expect that from Square. Yeah, they they're nothing if not good at doing excellent graphics. Oh, oh for sure, this game had it. Yeah, I I. I distinctly remember I I played this in like November, December of 2021. So it was the PS5 version. But I remember I had beaten Tales of Arise and that ended up being one of my favorite video games of all time. I love that game. And there was a there was a void of like, oh, man, what's next? Like after you play like that great game, you're like, I have no idea what's next. There's there's a void in your life of like, man, no game is going to hit like that. And then. Final Fantasy VII comes around, and I, I remember like, oh, maybe I should check that out. Like, obviously, big Final Fantasy, you know, seven game, and um, you know, it was being talked about a lot still. And so I took the dive, and man, that took the sting out away of not being able to play my favorite game because that game was uh, Final Fantasy VII was very good. And like, I, I think like Josh said, it's just the the graphics too, because the rise I thought showcased the PS5 in a different way. Like very mm-hmm. colorful and all these effects, but Final Fantasy VII remake that was that was to me. I remember that distinctly. Like this was this was a uh, PS5 game. Like this was a showcase uh, for mm-hmm. how good PS5 games can look. So it definitely it filled a void that I I needed uh, filled, and it filled that. But also it was yeah it was it felt like one of the first big like next gen, even though it wasn't. Funnily enough, uh, Thirteen Sentinels was what filled the void for me after finishing this game. <laughs> That's so. a good one to fill that void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that whole summer, I was like, man, nothing is hitting like that game. You know, it's funny. I think I played 13 Sentinels almost right after uh, Remake. So I, I got on quite the run there. Uh, that. Yeah, that, that Arise, FF7, and 13. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> um <laughs> It's Trilogy not a bad. That's a, yeah, not a bad triple threat there. You know, not a bad. It's a that's a three game winning streak in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, Wheels, did you say yours? No. Uh, I mean, that whole time was weird. So I got it yeah. at launch and I had reserved it at the GameStop near my office. Mm-hmm. So, so I had to go like drive there and pick it up. I remember like, oh, like nothing's open. What if I have to stop somewhere to go to the bathroom <laughs> and go into the GameStop? Like you can't go in the store. You have to call and the manager would come out and bring your copy out. So it was just weird. And thankfully not playing it was the opposite of <laughs> You're playing it was the opposite of weird, is what I meant to say. Um, yeah, because I remember the physical version got delayed pretty bad. Um, and it said that they said that they were going to try and get it out on time, but there were no promises because of all the craziness that was going on. Yeah, because this was just like a month after the, the lockdown started, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, a- and they had delayed the game a month, too, before that. Yeah. Because I-, I remember making a joke on another podcast I, I listened to, Video Game Apocalypse, where I, I re- called, or I did a video response where I said, um, gee, I don't know what could be coming out in, in March that I could be looking forward to. And, you know, I'm wearing a Final Fantasy seven t-shirt and and have all my paraphernalia in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. They thought it was funny. 
<laughs> but going into my story, so our team calls at that point were very um, trying to be uplifting. And the CEO of our company came on and said, well, um, you know, we've been having some rough times. So go, go ahead and everybody take take Friday off because it happened to be Good Friday anyway and just enjoy time with your family. And that was the day that FF7 was coming out. And I was like, wait, I have the day off the day the remake of my favorite game of all time comes out. And I think I, I nearly had an asthma attack. I, I was just so like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to play that all day. But, you know, the, the, the physical thing was was going on. So I was like, screw it. I'm double dipping. I'm buying the digital version. And when my physical version gets here, it gets here. So both me and my husband do, do this on PS4 because we have separate PS4s. It just works out that way. Um, and we're both playing the game at the same time. And he, he was much further than me. Uh, I'm trying to remember. So the day our physical copies got here, mine mine came and Vaughn, my husband, received an empty envelope. So somebody at, Am at Amazon screwed up his order. So he had to f file for a replacement. He finished the digital game before the physical game even got here. Oh, God. <laughs> And he, I mean, he was not happy about that at all. And the only reason why we kept our pre-orders is because at the time, the deluxe version was 80 and we picked it up for 60 on Amazon. So we were essentially getting the digital, the deluxe version for what the regular one cost. And I didn't want to lose that pre-order because, you know, obviously I wanted the deluxe edition that had the art book and all of that stuff uh, ma mainly because i could not justify the 350 dollars for the one with the motorcycle not because i didn't have the money but because i had no idea where i was going to put that damn motorcycle oh, i uh, think i had that pre-ordered at some point and i just had to cancel it because i couldn't justify it. um so so yeah it, it was a very weird situation i've never seen some, somebody get an empty envelope from Amazon before. <laughs> no. no. Oh, I have those, a those mountain were crazy of, times. I have a yeah. mountain of weird Amazon delivery stories. A yeah. Mountain, like the time a package was hung in a tree <laughs> in my neighbor's yard. Wow. Granted, an example. And ground, granted, uh, my neighbor's house is like right on top of ours, but still, it's in a bag hung from a tree branch. Okay. That's just crazy, man. Yep. Um, but but yeah, that that's I don't know. Maybe I built it up too much. That that's my crazy pandemic Final Fantasy VII story. Ha having the day off, binge playing it all day because playing the digital version, and then my husband finishing his cop his before his physical copy <laughs> actually showed up. Um, that that game was definitely a comfort game during that year, man. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. And just just looking forward to the future. I. What I'm hoping happens is um, the new the rebirth game. Um, I, I'm hoping that it might be a little bit more open world, kind of like Final Fantasy 15. I, I imagine that. it will be. What what I'm hoping is because Final Fantasy 16 looks like it's really going to deviate away from like a lot of Final Fantasy things that we're kind of used to, mm -hmm. and remake played that balance so well. 
I hope they keep that. Like, because if Final Fantasy 16 isn't, you know, the Final Fantasy game we're looking for, and look, it's it's still what they're going to try and do is make that hugely popular. Like, if it's going to be a God of War type game, and uh, they really want to sell that because that's their Square Enix's biggest IP is um, Final Fantasy. So I know that they're trying to make it and mold it into those games. But um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake and then Rebirth coming next, it feels like it's this is what's going to be our, as you just said, our, our comfort food uh, mm-hmm. kind of final fantasy rpg and i'm really excited about that but yeah I, I hope they i hope things do kind of open up a little bit um because it, it did feel like again i felt i felt at least restricted by some things especially you know stopping you to do quests or um over padding things and stuff like that so uh, hopefully it is more open and, mm-hmm. and much more um you know able to yeah. to do more things kind of uh, how you want to when you want to yeah uh, that would be nice. I'm going to be honest. I would not care if it was another linear game. No, I, I, I don't mind linear games e- either. Um, it, it was just kind of a thought that I had. Well, maybe they'll, I don't know, let you have more free access to the world or something. And Yeah, and I, they probably should because I th- feel like that was such a big part of the original game. Mm-hmm. But I think people are going to be disappointed if but, exploration what, is a, isn't a bigger part of the next two parts. But what's funny, John, is that um, oh gosh, so the original Midgar was a lot more linear than the remake Midgar because there were spots where you couldn't go back at all. Oh, I bet. Um, but yeah, I just I, I wanted to be, and I hate to say open like open world and like you can do whatever whenever you know whatever whenever i i do like obviously the the linearity of it and so i'm okay mm-hmm. with that uh, mm-hmm. but yeah again just like open a little bit less restricting is is what i'm hoping for yeah i mean the second that you got the uh airship you could pretty much do anything you wanted to a certain degree um and and that was what i really liked about that original game but i believe that's a show guys we um, did it yeah we <laughs> If, if you do, can't... Do, 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 do. <laughs> Hopefully oh, not as God. much padding as Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know? <laughs> yeah, I I forgot that uh, Barrett sung that song. Oh, oh that's oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was great. The first time he did it, I busted it out laughing, and then when he said that it was his vi- victory song... Um, oh, I think we g- forgot. I, there's one question I feel like we all need to answer. Before mm-hmm. we end this, stairs or did you uh, take the elevator? Or oh, the I took the ele- okay. I took the elevator. I always I took, take the elevator. I took the, I took the stairs. <laughs> you took the stairs. <laughs> elevator. I climbed all the way up that bad. I boy. always yeah. take the stairs. It took a long time, and the one thing that made it worth it was just again the characterization in this game. And here, Barrett, like how many more steps, and like huffing and puffing and all that <laughs> stuff. It was so good. <laughs> so yeah, I took the steps. It was yeah. I, the next time I play, I need to take the stairs just because I want to hear the uh, con- constant bitching from Barrett. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely worth it. Because I, I was making dinner while my husband was playing, and he took the stairs, and I was hearing the bitching the, the whole time and was just <laughs> laughing like an idiot. Uh, so I need to experience that that bit firsthand. But <laughs> thank, thank you. I completely forgot about that question, John. <laughs> that's what i'm here for okay well and i appreciate you guys coming to hang out with us and of course uh thank you in advance to matt for editing and helping out um i think we have xcom yes we have xcom next um and i I believe it's modern xcom not classic correct i think we're just doing the reboots okay okay because i 
XCOM is one of those series that's been off my radar, so I'm probably going to need you guys to uh, lead there, obviously. But um, it's going to be an interesting show. Cause, yes, it will. I mean, yeah, this is a series that I have. The only thing I know about XCOM is the joke about, well, one, naming people after your family and getting mad when they die. And not being able to hit things at 85%. So <laughs> Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> so it's going to be an exciting show. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I'm glad that we had such a great show tonight. Um, th- th- thanks, guys. Look, looking forward to Rebirth. And we shall see you later. 